He's a winner. He's a family man. And he says, why not here? Why can't West Virginia women's basketball become a Big 12 champion someday soon? That's the message from Mark Kellogg, introduced Wednesday as the seventh head coach in WVU women's basketball history. And we're here to react to that introductory press conference on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. And of course, we've got our Mountaineer insider, Angelica Trenone, here to break down the new head coach's remarks. Angelica, give me your takeaways today from your first opportunity to meet and chat with Mark Kellogg, the former Stephen F. Austin head coach, who's now joined the ship here at WVU. You know, I got good vibes from okay. Coach Kellogg today. I like it. I did. Um, and not that I, I just think last year it was such a, you know, different situation because, you know, Coach Carey ended up retiring. That kind of happened. I'm not saying I didn't have good vibes then. But this year with Mark, I got good vibes speaking with him on Wednesday. I really liked his message, not just to the team, to the fans, but in terms of what he wants to accomplish and who he is in a basketball setting. Um, He is someone to – something that really stuck out to me about what he said in terms of, you know, like – things aside of what he wants to do on the court was the fact that he really wants this team to be able to have sort of that work-life balance. I say mm-hmm. work because, you know, in terms of basketball, just it using is a that, workload. Right. That he had said he wants them to be able to still be student athletes and get those experiences while still performing to the highest level. I think that shows that he not only – cares about the student athletes from that aspect, but also that he believes that as long as they are putting their mind to it, doing or doing what they wanted, then there's probably no reason that they need to be there 24-7, right? I, I just feel that he sees how important it is for them to have these experiences while still also making sure he gets them to compete at the highest level. That is just something that really stuck out to me of how he cares about building the whole student athlete. And he brought up too of how important academics is to him because he wants them to make sure, you know, that they're getting the most that they can out of their education. So he's just someone who seems to me to be about the right things. And, you know, he had said, I'm I'm not a West Virginian, but why does that mean that I can't invest in West Virginia programs? I think he is someone who, I mean, he surely said the right things. Right. But I, for... I don't know. I I believe him. He when he says these things, he seems like someone who is genuine in the fact that he is going to represent West Virginia the right way and he's someone who seems to want to do so, you know, for more than just a season, wants to do so consistently, have longevity with the program too. Well, he does have a proven track record that his philosophy works, right? Yeah. I mean, the quick bio blast on Coach Kellogg is he spent 8 seasons at Stephen F. Austin had seven seasons in a row there where he won at least 23 games and also six consecutive tournament appearances, whether that was the WNIT or the NCAA tournament. He was also uh, once a Southland Coach of the Year, then the Coach of the Year in the WAC. He's coming off a season where he won 27 games with the Lady Jacks most recently. You had just touched on the pillars that he outlined. Sounds a lot like Neil Brown, really. I think that's a that's a linear comparison there. Four pillars at the foundation of his program. Faith, family, friends, athletics, 
academics. He said competing a lot, competing on the court, but also competing in the classroom to make sure you're striving to get better. And then the final one was where that work-life balance comes in. It's the off the court stuff, because he said the student athlete experience also involves the off the court activities that these kids get to do because yeah, they are kids. They are young women, 18 to 23 years old. And he says he wants to make sure those kids get to experience those things too, because it completes the full person. I think something that's also very telling is when he was asked about what he had said to his team at Stephen F. Austin when he told them he would be departing that program. He said, all of them told me you deserve this. Mm. The fact that that team knows what he's done for that program, those players bought in, and they know the hard work that he put in, that they also think he's he's ready to take that next step. I just thought that was something really important that he shared. And I mean, from a number of people in the athletics world at a number of different programs, when he was announced at the head coach, I mean, how many people did you see on social media? You're getting a winner. You're getting a great one. This oh, yeah. guy is about the right things. And yeah, that does happen. But when you hear from the team that he's coached and the success that he had brought to the Stephen F. Austin program, the way that they said, good, we want you to go because you deserve, well, not want you to go, but like, we want you to take this opportunity because you've earned it. I think that that's really telling. And also the, you know, off of the court things. He said he wanted to come to a place to where you go in Chick-fil-A, you're in the Kroger and people are coming up to you and saying, hey, Aren't you J.J. Quinterly? Hey, aren't you Mark Kellogg, the head coach? He wanted that, and he felt West Virginia's fan base had the passion to give him that type of feel to where, you know, women's basketball, they would be out, they would be recognized, and they would be able to show the program is doing great things in the community Mm -hmm. as well as on the court. I think that's so important because there really is a ton of positive momentum in women's basketball. Both here in Morgantown, attendance was up in the year under Don Plitz-White and the team made the NCAA tournament. But then the NCAA tournament itself was absolutely incredible. You had so many stars arise. And as both uh, Coach Kellogg and even Athletic Director Ren Baker mentioned that Uh, the women's tournament maybe was even more intriguing than the men's tournament in a lot of ways this year. So you mentioned J.J. Quinterly a moment ago. I want to get to her in a minute because I think that she really is the most important topic now that a coach is in place. But first, Coach Kellogg talking about his philosophy. Let's get into a little bit of X's and O's. He said, press Virginia multiple times at the podium today. And he says, look, I know that's Coach Huggins' thing. I know that it maybe isn't as much of Coach Huggins' thing now as it was when Javon Carter was here. But I think we could play a little bit of basketball like that. To me, that sounds a lot like Mike Carey's physical for 40. That, that's what it sounds like to me. It also sounds that it just, it just goes to show that when you're going down the checklist of reasons why he's the right fit, mm. is it seems like he plays that type of style. You know, he said he didn't he wasn't going to take the term press Virginia. He knows that's on the men's side. He said their press may be more of a zone other than what coach Huggins would do, but also that they like to use their defense to facilitate the offense and they like to score a lot of points, but what I thought was interesting is he's someone who, you know, he's like we're not going to have that 25 point shooter and nobody else. We like to spread it around offensively. That has to lo- a lot to do with the defense. And I think when fans, when players hear that type of, you know, the way that he wants to play, you get, you know, you do. You get that Mike Carey feel. You get that Bob Huggins feel of, of this guy wants to do what it takes to make sure this West Virginia team is successful. And, I mean, 
I don't think anybody would be opposed mm-hmm. to seeing the women's team pick up a little no. press Virginia action. Yeah, no kidding. And I think you mentioned the players. Like, I think it's great from a recruiting perspective. You can go to young women and their families and say, hey, we've got four or five players that score 10 to 15 points per game. His teams at Stephen F. Austin were in the top 25 in steals and in assists per game. Uh, the team that passes the ball likes to distribute, likes to run. I mean, I think that that's a fun style of basketball to watch. It's probably easy to sell to young ladies to get them to come here. And I think it's also, as you mentioned, already in the identity of this West Virginia program because that sounds a lot like Mike Carey. And that is the way that Don Plitzwhite's team played last year. They led the Big 12 in steals per game, at least for a period of time, in steals per game and turnovers forced last season. So I think that that means that the pieces might already be there. And so that brings me to the next point of J.J. Quinterly. I mean, this young lady, Angelica, you know it, is a superstar in the making. She was on a unanimous selection to the All-Big 12 roster last season. She was the team's leading scorer. And, you know, Coach Kellogg said he's got a 30-day plan. And, and the number one thing on his checklist right now is getting to know the young ladies who are on the roster that he's inheriting and trying to sell them on his philosophy and sticking with this program. In the era of the transfer portal, that is something that is extremely challenging. And Ren Baker alluded to that uh, earlier today. But I think if Coach Kellogg can sell J.J. Quinterly on sticking around, his project becomes a whole lot easier because she is an absolute stud, is going to be one of the best players in the Big 12 if she sticks around. If she goes somewhere else, she's immediately going to be one of the best players in wherever, whatever conference she ends up in. To me, the biggest thing that Kellogg can do in the first month is get reassurance from Quinterly that she's sticking around. And I think what he had said in terms of how he likes to play, what his program's about, what his values are about – it, it seems to align with who J.J. Quinterly is as a person, as a player, and what she's about as well. We talked about the defense. How many times did Mike Carey and Don Plitzewite say, J.J. is good offensively because she's a menace defensively. Mm-hmm. She wants the steals. I mean, the look that she's giving people when she's guarding them alone, she loves to go up and get the offensive rebound, even though she doesn't really have the size. I think the style she likes to play and just that hard nose basketball sounds like the style of play Mark Kellogg wants. I think that seems enticing to J.J. Also, I think the best thing to happen to J.J. was having a couple years with Madison Smith. Think of everything that she's Mm. meant to this program. It, It just really kills me that it didn't end the way that it should in the NCAA tournament for that exact reason, for Madison Smith, for J.J. Quinterly. Those are two ladies who have given so much to this program. And to me, JJ, I think we would all understand it, right? I mean, you're going, you're on your third head coach in just a short amount of time. You talk about the talent that she has, but JJ seems like someone who wants to finish what she started. And I would love nothing more than to see her finishing that under Coach Kellogg, because I think that those two together would work really well. And he's all about building the leaders on and off the court. He had mentioned a number of times too. And JJ is that leader that you need. And I think this is an excellent opportunity for her as well to really see how far she can grow yet again. Yeah, because it's not Mark Kellogg's program, not just Mark Kellogg's program, right? If she sticks around, it's the JJ Quinterly show. And just to be clear, 
Quinterly has not uh, indicated one way or another if she's staying or going, but the reality of the situation is in the transfer portal era, there could be a lot of players who leave this team. But as it stands right now, the only players who are gone for sure are the ones who have already entered the transfer portal in the 350 years from last year, Madison Smith, Danny Nichols, Sarah Bates, who are now out of eligibility. But if Coach Kellogg would be able to retain the remaining players, that means he would return four of the five starters from the 2022-23 season. Quinterly, Jayla Hemingway, another veteran that I think you mentioned a moment ago, and then two recent transfers in Kylie Blackston and Kaya Watson. So definitely a lot of talent, a team that was a bad rim roll away from a Big 12 semifinal and also made the NCAA tournament a season ago. Uh, certainly things are looking up for Coach Kellogg and the Mountaineers, especially if Quinterly sticks around. We'll let you listen in to part of Coach Kellogg's opening press conference here in just a moment on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Let's listen now to some of the comments from new WVU women's basketball coach Mark Kellogg, who discussed his journey in coaching, his philosophy as a coach, and that 30-day plan of action for his first month on the job. The question I've gotten several times already is, so why WVU? Why West Virginia, right? And like my initial quick thought is, why not W? Like, why not? Like, I I almost took it like personal. I was like, why are you asking me that? Like, I think this place is so special. I think it's been so special, right? There is such a history here on both sides of the basketball programs, right? And, and to me, that's unique. It's special. It is the flagship university of the state. And I have not been a part of that to recruit, right, to the Flying WV, right? That is a national brand. And that excites me to recruit players that can compete at the highest level and win championships. So it became really easy. It was more why not, Right. I even thought they call this place almost heaven, right? Like who wouldn't want to live? Like who wouldn't want to live in almost heaven? Like that's a pretty cool thing. Um, but timing and opportunity is the is another one, right? It, you work your career, and I'll talk about that in a second for opportunities like this, and there are so many of them, um, and so that became pretty important, right? I believe our vision and the vision of the administration, right, aligned. And Ren alluded to that a little bit, right? Um, I believe there is so much. In, Morgantown, in West Virginia, Morgantown at WVU that I see really in myself, right? And I know the country roads term came up quite a bit, right? And, and read a little, rent alluded a little bit to my path. Um, I would even start, both of my parents were born in rural, rural Missouri. My dad grew up a far, on a farm, right? There are blue collar hard workers, they were educators. I mean, that has been instilled in my brother and I from day one that hard work, hard work will get you somewhere. And that's all that we've really ever known. I mean, Ren said I started at Fort Lewis and I'll get to that and all you can, we just grind. We just grinded and we've worked really hard um, for this opportunity, but that's where it really started um, for me. Um, I w actually got my first start in, coach in college coaching working for Rick Cooper. And I don't know if anybody in here knows Rick Cooper. He's a Bridgeport, West Virginia native. His family still lives in Bridgeport, but that was at West Texas A&M on the men's side many, many years ago. Um, and he was a fantastic division two coach, but that's where really it started for me. Um, 
Ren also already stole my thunder a little bit with my wife growing up in Cold Strip, Montana, a small town. So I went to be an assistant coach at Montana State University at 24 or five years old. And I thought that was pretty cool um, experience. Little did I know I was going to go up there for four years and meet my wife and have those connections. But so I started in Bozeman, Montana. I went to Durango, Colorado. If everybody's been to Durango, Colorado, one of the prettiest places in the world, but small town division two where we didn't have a whole lot. But four years later, we found our way into a national championship game. Um, against Brandon Schneider, who's at Kansas, if you guys are familiar with Brandon right now. So played against him back in the day. And then to Maryville, Missouri, another small town, right? Country roads lead in and out of, of Maryville to Canyon, Texas, which is another small town of ten or 12,000 people. And then, then, then to Nacogdoches, Texas, which actually seems a lot like Morgantown, to be honest, about 30,000 people and maybe some of the same traits um, I'm there. So it all came back to these country roads to me and places that I've been. And all we've ever known are, are these college towns where people care and they have passion. Maybe not as much passion as it sounds like the WVU fans have. All right. Because I've already heard about that a little bit. But we have been in those places and it's special. And even through recruiting, I always say, like, I want to be in a town like this where if our players go eat dinner, or you go shopping. I want people to recognize you and ask you about the game or talk to you or tell you how great you're doing. And they may tell you that you didn't play very well, right? Or that I didn't coach very well, but that's okay because there's passion, right? And passion will get us somewhere. Um, the vision for the program, that has come up, right? Is the, the quick one is we will work tirelessly every day to make you guys proud of what we are and what we do. Uh, we'll recruit. Recruiting comes up, right? We, were, uh, we always start locally, and then I think you go regionally, and then you go nationally, and then if you want to go internationally, I think you can do that. But I think recruiting is all four of those, right? And so start small extended out we have a fantastic recruiting base in a four or five hour radius and i know that and we will hit the ground running i'll get i've zoomed with the guys the other day the team will get to meet here again in a minute and so we'll start develop those relationships and then we got to get going on recruiting and staff and and we'll hit the ground running on that really quick but we want high character high character in our program that will compete that will represent you guys again the right way um from a style of play, people have asked that too. We will play fast, all right? And I know Press Virginia has been a thing around here um, on the men's side, but Press Virginia is probably coming back a little bit on the women's side or will be here a little bit on the women's side as well. Our teams at, at uh, SFA, we've led the nation in turnovers forced a couple of times. We're typically about top 15 or 20 in the nation in turnovers forced, all right? So we will get after people. We're going to play hard. We're going to play fast. And I think it's a fun way for fans and a fun system to watch teams play. Um, but we want to keep teams off balance. We'll play man. We'll play zone. We'll consistently mix it up just to keep the offensive team off balance as much as we possibly can. On the offensive end, will we let some of that defense create some offense, right? I think that's when you're at your best, right? Turn it over, get out in the open floor. We use a football term, so a pick six in football, right? Throw the interception, run it back for a touchdown. I want pick sixes, right? I want you guys bait them into a pass, go steal it, and then go coast to coast and lay it up. And then as soon as we score, we're turning around and we're pressing your butt real quick, right? We're going to try to get another one of those and then just keep building off of it and watch it snowball. And, and then there's a 9-0 run all of a sudden, right? And that other coach is calling a timeout. And then what's happening in this arena, right? And now you've got the crowd and you've got momentum in your favor. And, and basketball is about all of runs, right? Who makes more of them and who sustains them the longest typically wins on the basketball court. So that's what we want to be. Offensively, we'll also space it. We're a share it. We're a moot ball movement. We're going to have a lot of assists. We've been probably top 20 every year. I've been at, at SFA and assists per game. Um, but I think we also, when people ask me, hey, coach, are you an offensive guy or are you a defensive guy? Well, I'm, 
I'm a basketball guy and you got to play both sides, right? So we want to be good on, on both ends, right? Just, I guess it was last year, maybe year before we were second in the country in scoring margin and UConn was number one. And I think we were over 25 points a game on the scoring margin, right? So it's score points and hold people down, right? But I think there's going to come a time where there's a game, you play somebody that can really score. So we might have to outscore them or there's that grind it out game. I want to be able to be able to grind out a win. So I want to be versatile on the basketball. All right. Um, We'll be fair, but not equal in our approach. All right. So I told the girls, just said, we don't like go down the line and just everybody gets five shots or everybody gets 20 minutes. Like that's not really the way it works, but certainly fair in everything that we do. We want to treat them fairly. We want to treat them like family. I think that's pretty important. All right. We want big 12 championships. Right? I've been about championships, won championships everywhere that I've been. We want to make NCAA tournaments, but that's not where it ends. We want to advance in the NCAA tournament, right? That has been a word in our program was always advance, right? Advance, whether that was the postseason, advance in the weight room and do one more rep, right? Get on the basketball court and do one more workout, advance your skill set. That would be important, right? And then we want sweet 16 and have dreams of final fours and a national championship. I don't know why that can't be done here in Morgantown. And that would be a goal that we would want to talk about and set it there, right? If you can't dream or you can't talk it into existence, then it isn't going to happen, right? And I think we've learned that over the years. There's four pillars to our program, all right? One of them's actually got three components to it. So family, faith, and friends come first. That is by far the most important thing. I think it's very easy for coaches to talk about family, but then we don't necessarily live it, right? My family is the most important thing. Being a dad is very important to me. I got one chance to raise my two children. I want to do that right, but I also have been entrusted with some other people's children, and I want to make sure I help them grow from, what, 18 to 22-ish, right, typically when we get them. And I, that, that process is a lot of fun for me. Uh-oh, we laughing over here? We've got some 23, maybe your 24-year-olds in the group. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either, all right? <laughs> so family, faith, and friends, right? That, that's the most important piece, right? Academics will be really important to us. I will ask our players to compete in the classroom like you compete on the court. You don't have to be a 4.0 student. Not asking that, all right? But I do want you to understand the value of the education and the degree that comes with being a basketball player here. Athletics is the third pillar, right? So family, faith, and friends, academics, and then athletics. I've talked about that a little bit, but I'm a sustained success is a little bit of my mantra. I think that's one of the hardest things to do in college athletics, right? It can become very cyclical. You have a team that's pretty good for a couple years. Maybe they have some kids graduate, dip a little bit, and then go back up, right? We want to sustain it. Um, Over the last seven years, and I think Ren or somebody has, has alluded to this too or said this, but we've won 23 games or more for seven straight seasons, Right. And that's really, really hard to do six straight postseasons. But that's what this program can and will be about. Right. It will be about sustained success. All right. It's really hard to get there to the top. But then it's we as we all know, it's a lot harder once you get there. But I want that target to go on on our chests or on our backs. Right. And I want it to grow and I want it to get bigger and bigger because of the program that we have put together. So that will be important for us. Off the court is the last one, right? So life outside of basketball, which I talked to these guys about the other day too, is we will be involved in the community, right? We'll run camps and we will have clinics and we need to engage you, right? We need to engage the fans across the entire state, locally for sure, but across the entire state, right? And women's basketball, the connection, right? Between the players, right? And the fans and the supporters is what brings attendance and builds excitement 
Um, and so we want to be out there, right? We want camps. We want the little girls mirroring what these guys do, right? I, my daughter, as she grew up, all it was was just staring at our play, players and what move do they make? And then she go home, goes home and then tries to emulate that move, right? Or coming and signing autographs. That's just the most important piece. So life outside of basketball is really important for me, right? Giving back to the community. I told the girls, if they'll give me everything, the time and a little bit more, like I'll give them a life outside of so they can be a true college student. I think we lose sight of that a little bit. Right. And I don't want that. I want them to be themselves. So I'm a I gave them this one, too. I'm a be you, but align with us person. Each player needs to be themselves. I don't want them to come here and think they have to be any different than who they are. I will get them at their best if I allow them to be who they are. But we're a part of a team. Right. And you're a part of something bigger than you. So we all have to align together. So that will be something that we will talk about continually and build the culture of our program. But when we get the culture right, the wins and the losses will take care of themselves. And one more nugget that's important to know, because it really does make this story unique. It's a reunion of sorts between Mark Kellogg and West Virginia Director of Athletics, Ren Baker. Baker hired Kellogg back in 2012 when Baker was the Director of Athletics at Division II Northwest Missouri State for the women's basketball head coaching job. Kellogg coached there for one season. Baker ultimately left shortly after hiring Kellogg in order to take a Division I opportunity with Memphis. So they know each other and they've stayed in touch over the last decade. And that might be part of the reason why Kellogg is in almost heaven. You know, I've always had a lot of respect and regard for him. So he he was, I knew the situation at Fort Lewis and he is right. He inherited a program that really had not done much and, and took it to one of the elite programs in Division II. Um, so I tried to recruit him uh, once and, and he, he wasn't quite there yet. And so uh, I went down another path and then circled back around and sold him a little harder uh, the second time. And so he came to, to Northwest, but we really didn't get a chance to work together very long. I left not too long after that, got my opportunity uh, at Memphis in Division One, and um, and uh, so we were talking today. I don't think I've seen him since we left there, which was almost a decade ago. We've talked a couple times a year, um, you know, and and followed each other's families on social media and that kind of stuff. But uh, I just was always impressed with how he's went into a variety of programs at different places and elevated uh, the program. But I really got a chance to watch him at Northwest um, take a roster that candidly was not a real talented roster, kept them all there, invested in them. Um, they were part of his family. They still, I still see the interactions between those players and, and him on social media. And so you notice those things over time and feel like the young uh, women in our program deserve a coach who's going to be here and invest in them that way and and so the relationship that, that we had certainly didn't hurt um, it didn't come up until late in the process I actually didn't bring his name to the table um, we divided up conferences uh, amongst the search committee and uh, Matt Wells actually had his conference and Matt was like goes through his resume and starts talking about it and a couple other people chimed in and I said I may know him a little bit and uh, so I but I, I wanted him to come up organically I didn't want to taint the committee and it looked like I was trying to uh, push somebody but once he once he came up I told him I was like he, is, he will be a great candidate and then he continued to be part of our process. 
Yeah, I think he pretty much got it. But yeah, no, that's about the way that the story went is back at Fort Lewis. We were contacted by Ren because I think at the time the coach was retiring. So Ren knew he was going to have a position open. And we went through a little preliminary process early and that really didn't work out for different reasons. And Ren did circle back. And to his credit, he went to the right source, which was my wife that time and uh, got her a little going a little bit on Northwest Missouri and that move and did it being right for our family at the time. And then, yeah, we were there and yeah, again, took over that program and really got that one to 15 wins and I've said for a lot of years that was one of the better coaching jobs I thought we did that was a fantastic group of kids that bought into and we are still friends with so many players from that team and um, and that was a special place um, but then yeah Ren left me a little bit uh, about halfway through that that tenure and we have kept in touch you know off and on and like he said followed each other um, throughout but um, yeah when it came open obviously I got a little bit excited here too just because of the previous relationship but I have full faith and belief in Ren Baker and and uh, that he's going to get this place um, going and, and not that it's not already there, but, uh, you know, it, it will just be a great relationship and somebody that I can go to, um, you know, and you just want resources and you want an opportunity and you want support and then you want them to get out of your way and let you do your job. And I feel like Ren will allow us to do that. We said it earlier. It's worth saying again, Mark Kellogg, a genuine man, a family man and a winning coach. I'll leave you with one more anecdote from his press conference that quite honestly, was my favorite moment of the day. When he was introducing his family in attendance and his wife, Trisha, he said marrying his wife was the best recruiting job of his career, getting her to say yes to him. And in their living room, in their home, they have a sign that, quite honestly, I probably need to get for my wife. It says, we interrupt this marriage for basketball season. You can hear more of Mark Kellogg's press conference at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, we invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and more. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. For Angelica Trinone, I'm Nick Farrell signing off on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com.